everybody to episode seven of Excuse the Fandom. It's been a little while. Feels a little weird. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. We we actually recorded a a second podcast last week, and then we had mic problems, so we couldn't actually release that one. It was kind of sad. Yeah, we tried to do this whole two mic, two laptop. Yeah, we were getting real fancy. It was too much. Yeah, it didn't work. My my microphone was way too powerful for this <laughs> endeavor. Yeah. It would take him so much to cut everything. We're not. Although, not since this was our first time doing podcast stuff, the fact that we've gone six episodes and then finally had a problem, like, I was impressed. If you had yeah. told me that we'd go six without a problem, I would be, I would have taken it. Yeah, I would have definitely taken the under on that one. For sure. So we're going to get into my bone to pick. I got, a, I got a love segment. So we Yeah. Some uh, Sportmance. Sportmance, that's right. Yeah, that's what yeah. we call it. Sportmance. Sportmance. Yeah, and then we have my bone to pick, and then we'll get in the NFC North, even though we're debating on which one we left off at, but I think... It was the North. I we have two last one. Was it, was there two? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the other one is. I think AFC West. That's true, yeah. Yeah. It's not Maybe there. one of those, yeah. And then we're going to talk about college football. It's creeping up oh, on yeah, us. Oh, yeah. that's Football's here, guys. Yeah. It's like a, this might be an all-football segment, I think. Yeah. To be honest it's with really you. close to that. I think. We, it, might, it we might have like a sprinkle of baseball and basketball. Yeah. I don't know. In my notes, I only have football, so we're going to wing Yeah, sprinkles everywhere. And then we're going to finish with uh, the fantasy land. Fantasy corner. Fantasy excusing. Yeah. Excuse the fantasy? Excuse there the fantasy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That sounds that sounds more like it. So, yeah, so we'll get into my uh, my bone to pick. Ben's not as mad as I am this week. I'm not saying, I wouldn't say I'm mad, but this whole Kyrie thing is just, like, drawing out, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's just getting longer and longer. And, like, there's reports that it might not even happen. Happen this offseason, it might happen like trade deadline that he gets moved. I think the biggest thing I don't like about it is just that like Kyrie could have gone about this in a whole different way. Oh, yeah, in my opinion, for sure. That's what I don't like. I mean, I can well equate it to something that happened in soccer recently where Neymar went up PSG. Like, we had no like from his camp, kept it pretty quiet that he really wanted to leave. You know, what I mean, like it didn't come out until like PSG was like, here, we're gonna try to spend this money, and then all of a sudden it was coming out that he wanted to leave Barcelona. So I think that if he he should learn something from that situation and a bunch of other situations that we've seen before in the sports past, where it's easier to get things done when you're quieter. Now, given we don't know what camp let this out, we don't know if it was Kyrie's camp that let this out or if it was the Cavs that let this out that he wants to be traded. None of that kind of matters. What matters is that he could have you know, either put a fire on it if it wasn't him, or if it was him, just not do it at all. And I think that's what kind of gets me the most is that. He could either be gone already. He could have been gone before the trade, um, before the NBA draft. He could be, you know, smooth sailing at this point with a new team. You know, playing in the summer league or playing in the Drew league with them, or you know, hanging out, all that kind of stuff with a new team, new teammates. We kind of about, went about the wrong way, in my opinion. We've seen the athletes do this all the time, where if they want out, they kind of just get vocal about it a little too soon, and then this kind of thing happens, where it drags on, and then you know, team morale goes down, and all this kind of stuff, and it's gonna be a hard. You know, first three months of the season, if the Cavs have to play with him, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy, especially for LeBron. You know, even if LeBron leaves for next year, it's still not an easy situation to play with someone that's that disgruntled, and that you kind of already put on blast if you're LeBron. You definitely already kind of put him on blast a little bit, kind of said how much you don't like it. So it's just going to be a weird situation. Kyrie definitely should have been a little bit quieter. You learn from how other people do it. There's a better way to go about it. You know, if you really don't want to play with LeBron. You can either suck it up for a year and then trade it, you know, ask for a trade once he left, or you know, ask for a trade before the season, you know, right after the finals ended, right before the NBA draft. There's just so many other ways you could have done this. Just keep it tight, keep it, you know, under wraps. Don't let the media get a hold of it because we've saw with the Kaepernick thing with 
Ravens, Dolphins, whatever team it is nowadays, like, if the media gets a hold of it, they're going to run with it. And that's the last thing Kyrie needed to have happen because now that everyone's running with it, where he could go, all this kind of stuff. And the trade packages, in my opinion, aren't good enough for the Cavs. I mean, it might not get good enough until the trade deadline, which, like I said, it's going to suck because then you have three months of a disgruntled player. You know, the Celtics might get a big lead then all of a sudden for the one seed. Not sure if that's really going to matter, but it still could happen. So, I don't know. I think he should have kept it under wraps like Neymar did. Neymar's happy. He's in Paris. He's number one in Paris right now. Yeah, I mean, and it felt like that, like, Messi didn't seem upset with. Nope. I think it's a perfect comparison because, yep. I mean, Messi's the LeBron of the, I mean, maybe Ronaldo's the LeBron, but Messi's like the that. Yeah. It's a, it's, he's that caliber of a player, and then, like, he didn't come out and say, oh, I hate Neymar for this. Like, no, he, he actually, like, applauded the fact that he wants to grow and wants to continue and that he loves him, like. Kyrie could have had that. I and mean, obviously, we don't know what's in the locker room. Maybe there was already tension there before. But, I mean, like, I think my biggest thing is, like, LeBron runs the NBA. You know, he might soon be the second-best player to Durant. I think you could argue that soon. But he's still going to run the NBA. We saw how he did with the decision. We saw how when he came back to Cleveland. We saw when he won the championship. We see that every time, like, he probably should be MVP, but it's kind of an excuse not to give it to him at this point. You know, so he runs the NBA. So, like, I think the last thing you want to do is burn a bridge to the person that runs the NBA. Because he definitely does. Oh, yeah. He runs the whole world. And plus, I, I don't think the Cavs are going to do this. But if I was running the Cavs, I'm sending him to Orlando or someone terrible. Yeah. Just to just because. Just because. Like he, and, like, the Cavs could still get a good haul from Orlando. Yeah. They could still get a decent package. They, have some, he, they don't have any stars. Like, that's what makes them bad. But they have a lot of depth. Yeah. So, like, they can get, like, Orzonia, picks, and stuff like that. All of a sudden, you're working with something. Yeah, but I mean, and also now the Cavs are kind of in a bind here because they now have to play with a Kyrie Irving that doesn't even want to win if they right. wait to the trade deadline. Yep. So he's just going to show off for other teams. Like he's just going to yep. just going to play to put his stock up and not the Cavs' record up. So I mean, like yeah, exactly. I think the last thing you need. He's already taking more shots than LeBron. So like, is ridiculous. we might have a situation where like we're fighting for the person inbound, yeah. and that could be intense. So I don't know. I just look forward to the matchup of. Hopefully Kyrie goes to like a really good team, and LeBron's just that more angry at that team that he's playing against because Kyrie's on it. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to see a mad LeBron. We've never really seen it to be honest. Besides, I would like to see a mad LeBron. Yeah. Like sure. no one really doubts him ever, and I think it'd be fun to see it. Because like mad Kobe was fun. Imagine a mad LeBron or like mad KD was fun. We saw how he was this yeah. year. He balled out. Like be intense. <sighs> Kyrie, yeah, watch out what you wish for. The world. Would yeah. Look like it a might mad melt. LeBron. It he's always melt. been so nice. Yeah. This is true. We're going to get into Ben's love segment. Love segment. So I'm loving what the Dolphins did this weekend. What did they do? They signed Jay Cutler, of all people. Um, A lot of people are like, you either like this a lot or you hate it, but I I don't see why you hate it. I don't see you can't. I mean, Jay Cutler's Jay Cutler. He's cracking all these jokes about how he's like, oh, I didn't really want to play with my my wife. Made me take the $10 million contracts but like i mean it's just the way he's always dealt with the media it's kind of like crack these jokes and like he 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 doesn't look like he's in that great of shape but (laughs) has he ever (laughs) has he ever been in that great of shape even adam gase came out today and was like he looks exactly like he used to which is probably an insult to jay but but it's if he if that's what they wanted that's what they're gonna get i think it's his arm that's the real the real ticket there and honestly, I think he's an upgrade over Tannehill. A lot of people Agreed. don't think so. It's just like, oh, well, he's better than Matt Moore. Well, I think Matt Moore and Tannehill are about even. Yeah, they look pretty similar when Matt Moore came in at the end of last year and probably were even more efficient. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this Jay Cutler move, if 
if you're looking to beat the Patriots, which is like it has to be Miami's goal. Like they have to like. Who'd hope so? I mean, it's it's impossible. EJ Cutler's not going to help them beat the Patriots that much, but they could steal the game now. Like I didn't think yeah. they really had a shot. They could steal like a week two game. Yeah, I I honestly think this offense could is could just explode on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I think that they're gonna they're gonna have weeks where they can't move the ball at all. And they're going to have weeks where you can't stop them because Jay Cutler's on. He's that kind of quarterback. He's got that arm talent. So if if he's hot against the Patriots, they actually have a legitimate chance to win. So And I think this helps them in the in the playoffs, too. So I really like this move. And um, that's basically it. I, I don't mind the $10 million. They had the cap space. Like if you're if you're paying at one position $10 million and you're, it's the quarterback, that's actually like a discount at this day yeah. and age. So... I don't mind that at all. So we're paying Joe, what, like 20, 32, 28? Way too much. A lot. Yeah. He he bet on himself. People say that, but he, he earned the money. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. No, but I, I think I, I agree with you where I do like the Cutler uh, move. I think it was logical, you know, knowing your coordinator, especially now he's the head coach, is half the battle. I feel like, you know, everyone's been talking about it. He knows the terminology already, so... When he goes into camp, he's not going to have to learn anything besides, you know, newer plays that Gates may have, you know, thrown in there since he left Chicago. But that's half the battle. Um, it's going to be really fun to see, in my opinion. I think, you know, they're going to be a lot different than they were last year because Tannehill can't throw the deep ball like Cutler can. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching, you know, Ayaji take down, you know, the morale of the defense, pounding it at him, and then they go over the top. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to happen more, way more often than Landry in the slot. It's going to be more over the top things. Yeah, the year that Gase and Cutler work together is actually, if I'm just looking at stat-wise, not one of Cutler's better stat years. Yeah. But they were just so efficient as an offense with Matt Forte running the ball yep. that I think this is a perfect fit for the Dolphins. And I also think that they have some of the better weapons in the, in the whole league, and I think Tannehill's been wasting them. But now, now, I mean, I don't. A lot of people are like, "Oh, Jarvis Landry's not going to be as good." But like, I think like they're all going to be as Jake good. Jake Cutler made Eddie Royal something. Like, yeah, I think that Jarvis Landry could have his best season to date under Cutler. All of them could have. Yeah, that's the scary part. Devontae Parker is a clone of Alshon Jeffrey, yep. so like, I really Stills like. Stills could have a good year. Fantasy wise, yeah, I don't, I don't like Cutler again. Like he had one of his worst statistical years under Gase. But what he adds to the team and as a whole, like I, I bumped Ajayi up, I bumped Kenny Stills up for sure. He was almost useless worthless yeah. to me. Yeah. But so I really just like this move as a personnel standpoint. Yeah, I definitely think um, Ayaji is a better version of Forte. That might be a hot take. Like Forte then and Ayaji now. I think Ayaji is better. It might okay. be kind of a hot. Okay, take. If running the ball, I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he could be out, get out of the back, but we never really got to see that with well, him. Well, yeah, now. but if, he, but if like, you didn't see it, it probably doesn't mean that he's good. Yeah, so like, it's going to be interesting. I think that's a great move for them. But, I mean, I think the Patriots have already prevented them from winning just because getting Gilmore to, to compliment Butler and some of these other corners and, and that defense was moved to have better quarterbacks to play against. And, like, Cutler's obviously the best quarterback in the division now, aside from Brady. And their moves already counterbalance everything that the Dolphins can throw anyway. Well, yeah. I I look at it this way, though. If they were already a playoff roster before. Yeah. And I think this just gives you that chance. Like, Tannehill's not going to give you that chance. Yeah. Or, you, or Matt Moore definitely is not giving you that chance. But with Jay Cutler, in the even if it's in the playoffs, you have that chance that right. you can knock New England off. Like, I would so. take if you're down by three in the fourth and you have Cutler versus, or Tannehill, I think I would choose Cutler. Especially if Cutler's hot. Yeah. Because he is streaky, but... Yeah, I mean, he is... Brett Favre without the touchdown record, in my opinion. Yeah. That's how I feel. So, so. Maybe not that good, but 
Well, yeah, but like better you, than you, you get what I'm saying. Like he's gonna, you know, ignorantly throw the ball down the field because he knows he can. Yeah, just like Favre would, and he might force it a few times and it would work, and then sometimes it might not. But you know, at least he d- does try, whereas Tannehill kind of. I don't think Kenny can try. I don't think he's got the arm talent. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, I think it's going to be a good move long run. Like Ben said, definitely not a fantasy move. I mean, Color's never been, like, a great fantasy option, and he's not going to improve anymore than he was because he's older, obviously. Yeah. That's number one. But I just not, – not this year. There's so many quarterbacks in that middle tier that you could take over. Don't force it. Yeah, don't – don't draft him right now. Yeah, no, not at all. So we can swing into MLB trade deadline kind of things. I like, like a that, little, I like a little that segment. swing. Yeah, that's nice. Um, we can just you know go over like, did, did it change the landscape at all in the mm-hmm. MLB? I'm gonna say no. I think the strong got stronger, but they were already the strong ones. Yeah, I think that. You mean the Dodgers? The Dodgers, yeah. We're yeah. talking about the Dodgers. And I think even the Nationals, they're kind of sleeping under the radar a little bit. They're going to be steady sleeping. They um, October comes around and they well, get yeah, scared. They're, they're going to blow it. But, I mean, they have a, a solid record. They got some bullpen guys. I, I like what they did. Um, Darvish to the Dodgers, obviously. Just, just take the cake. That's not fair. Just take the cake. I mean, I think that's easily the best move of the entire deadline. Just because now that you can go in a five-game series, Kershaw... Would, but you know, interchangeably would would we be with Darvish and then back to Kershaw and interchangeably would or Darvish? Yes. Yeah, you don't even have to go for a fourth starter anymore. Like no. you, you you don't need Ryu or any of these other guys. It's kind of scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> Not to forget that they actually got like bullpen help too, which they didn't necessarily need. They didn't even getting need some it. lefty they just arms. Got it. Yeah, they just because they could. And I just I think it shows you the winning mentality they're trying to have. You know. Dave Roberts coming in has a very similar approach that Mattingly has, but you know whatever he's done in the last couple of years has definitely worked really, really well. And I think you know obviously Magic Johnson and that front office has a winning attitude as well. You can see what Magic's done, you know, starting with the Lakers already. I think hands down they, they did enough to at least make the World Series, if not win it for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really like the Dodgers too. What I don't like is I don't think the Astros did enough. Nope. At all. They okay. have a legitimate chance this year, and they didn't really add anything. Yeah, like they should be the AL pick to go at this point, and they could have added Britain or added this other piece, and they just didn't do it. And they have the prospects and the people to do it, and that window is going to close sooner than later. I mean, it's going to close real quick. Like Kansas City is closing this year. Like The fact that uh, Moose, Hosmer, and Kane are all free agents, yeah, I think Astor too. I think you get like, Hosmer back, and that's it for them. Yeah. So. It's like, that's a perfect example for the Astros, where you saw them win a championship and then like get to another. But like that window closed quick. Yeah. Know, that was, what, four years? Four years. That's two basically that Major League Baseball. You get four yep. years. So like the Astros had to see that, and they had to see that. you know Maybe we had to move Bregman or someone and get like a star talent to go along with Keiko and you know that pitching staff or something. Like They just... Just didn't do enough, in my opinion. No, they had the resources to. Not many teams had the resources to. Like, just do it. Like the Cubs had the resources and they've done it. They did it. Yeah, they didn't they, really they, even need to. They didn't need. I mean, they're questionable before, but they're heating up. So they're yeah. all of a sudden. They're relevant. I think they're the one team if they can get in, they can beat the Dodgers just because they've already done it and yeah. they've they've still got the the pieces to do it again. But um, they like they even did it. I don't know why Houston just sat there twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, exactly. And I think you look exactly at what. The Cubs were last year, and it's the same thing that the Dodgers are this year. That really good youth mixed with really good 
uh, older talent that know the game and know what playoffs are like. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. Um, it's a great recipe. Any other deals that kind of stuck out at you? What about the Baltimore deals? Everyone's hating on them. Oh, I mean, they're not hating anymore. No, they're not they hating anymore. At the time. But now I can definitely tell you, when Ben and I recorded what would have been this episode last week, I said it then, and I'll say it now, I, the Beckham trade might be the best trade Duquette's ever pulled off. Just for the simple fact that you got a, a former, former number one pick, mm-hmm. B, someone that's controllable till 2020 or 2021, so a lot of chance there, and he's playing a position that you're going to lose at the end of this year. So like when Hardy's gone, you had no one to fulfill it anyway. Like I wasn't going to want Flaherty out there daily yeah. or something I mean, like I that. I love Ryan Flaherty, but that would be But horrible. he's a utility man. Like he, yeah. He's meant to spot start and come in off the bench and things like that, but... The Beckham trade, I mean, obviously you can look at the numbers, AL player of the week in the first week he was here. He just has a spark that we've needed and it's fueled this past little run that we've been on. Yeah, his, um, what I real I didn't realize this at the time, but I've been looking up stats on him since it happened. He, um, he couldn't hit at Tropicana. Like, he had horrible numbers at Tropicana Field, but he was raking all season awesome. in their, on their road games. Yep. So, like, it, there's obviously something about Tropicana that he didn't like, and now that he's not there, he is raking. Yes, yeah, so. I mean, and like you look at his numbers, his numbers were were still batting two sixty when he left Tampa. That's really not that bad for a shortstop. And yeah, and if you're not hitting well at home and half your games are played there, and you somehow are still batting two sixty, that's probably a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I think, and maybe it's the batter's eye in Tampa or something like that. That's a different discussion. Uh, I also like the Hellickson deal. Maybe I mean, not as much first start. He, yeah, he was really was electric. Yeah, quality start, huge thing because Baltimore couldn't get a quality start for you know two months almost. So. I think that was huge. I don't know if I like it as much just because, like I said. Oh, not I, as much, but yeah. you got to hope that he wants to come back next season. I think that's their I thing. think my biggest uh, bone to pick or axe to grind there would be the fact that, once again, Dan gives up on the international signing bonus. And it's just like it happens every time. <laughs> and it, I think if you look, the MLB just uh, had their top 100 prospects uh, at the midseason point, And I think, like, there's like 10 in the top, like 20. I don't know. I, don't know, I can't remember the number off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me. The number of international prospects that are in the top, you know, whatever, is huge. Oh, and yeah. the majority of them, probably besides Moncada, came because of that pool and because of that signing pool. And, you know, one of great instances, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was like $3 million for the Blue Jays. I know we were in, in on him, I think, when he first came out. But, you know, when you don't have a surplus of money, you can't dive into one player like that, like the Blue Jays could. But that's because we traded all the way. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest thing with the Hellickson deal. But besides that, you're getting a good pitcher. You know, Baltimore fans got to stop complaining uh, about it because it was either that or you continue throwing Ubaldo and Tillman and Miley out. Like, this allowed good. one of them to go to the bullpen. And we saw it already with Tillman going to the pen. So right. I think it was necessary. Like, you need five starters. Like, And honestly, all of a sudden, Baltimore's in the wild card. Uh, yeah, one and a half out now. So that was that? quick. Because they, yep. they played Kansas City. You add it right away, and we swept them. So, yep. like... Yeah, we swept the hottest team in baseball, and then you know, split with Detroit. Split with Detroit, which we probably should have gone three for four, but splitting with them was huge. And then you know this series against both the Angels and the Mariners coming up. That's you know, big. we played them twice, both teams twice in this last month, second to last month of the season. That's huge. That's two teams in the wild card hunt that you can now jump. And yeah, that's gonna be big. It's gonna be fun to fun to play out. I think people need to stop sleeping on them. We have, we've had the same character. They've been hurt all year. And we just needed a plug. Manny Machado has risen from the grave that he was yeah. in. He had a Papa Slam last night. Yeah, we got we got some pizza for him. Yeah, him. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But no, I think the other big deal, obviously, is Sonny Gray. Oh yeah, that one's that one's pretty big too. Uh, I just, I mean, 
I, I don't like that one nearly as much as the Darvish one. No, and even though he's under control, the injury history is what huge. terrifies me. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. And then you also just don't, like, he's been so up and down. You really even this year, it's he's been good, a lot better than he's been. Yeah. But, like, it, you got to hope it stays that way. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just, I don't know, like, you know, they have such a bright future ahead of them. I don't know if they need to get... Right some of that. Yeah, they're not that. peaking right now. That's right. what I don't, I exactly. don't understand. It. They're going to peak within the next two years, and they're probably going to be unbeatable. They're yeah. be one of the better teams of baseball. Right, exactly. So, like we're talking about the Astros and how they are peaking. The Yankees aren't there yet. Like yeah. They're not at the apex. Like they still have a ways to go. They could have just kept on going, kept afloat, and then seen what happened. And they just they went the other route. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't bite them. I mean, hopefully, it does. I mean, bite I want them to. Yeah. I, I the Orioles can hopefully. But like, but, I just I don't know. It's an interesting move. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I understand it. I just don't. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Very true. Uh, one random tidbit that we got in the last episode that we tried to make that didn't work is uh, we talked about the Curry dance with Kyrie at that oh, wedding yeah. for Harrison Barnes. Uh, I think it's no news. Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. We're just going to leave I'm it at that. I'm surprised you brought it up again. Yeah, we can just leave it at that. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Chill out. It's just Steph being Steph. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He likes to be fun. You know, nothing to, to harm LeBron. So relax. Relax. Yeah. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into football, because football's close, whether it's preseason, which is literally Thursday for the Ravens, which is exciting. And I know so we're both excited exciting. about that. And then there's also, like, fancy football drafts. I know we have, like, three, three in the span of three weeks, or two, like, ten days. Ten days, I believe it is ten days. Yeah, sounds like sounds about right. But yeah, that's gonna be intense. And then we have college football, which is even closer to actual game action. We will talk about a, a quick hitter on college football, and that was what Rosen said from UCLA. Josh, this was a really almost it was just funny to me. Yeah, it was, I mean, like it's, it's spot one, on. That's right. It's funny, but I mean, it's like one of those topics the media is like, oh my god, we can cut this blurb out, and then we can make it sound like he hates the fact that he's got to go to school and stuff, and that's not. It's, that's not, not the at all. Point. That wasn't his point at all. That's not all he was saying. I think, you know, they hit pretty good on it um, on Fox today during Speak for Yourself, where it's like he was trying to just prove a point where, like, if you really want to be, like, a doctor or take these harder classes, the other point was that, you know, football practice is during class. So it's a lot harder to get those tutors and those other resources that the athletes have to use for those harder classes to get that quality education. I think that's the biggest point he was trying to make. And the other big point is it's just, like, the Alabama thing that was, you know, thrown out there. You know, that if they had higher SAT scores, you probably would see a different quality of product, and that's definitely true. I mean, schools have certain standards. UCLA is private, I think. It, yeah, it's they expect yeah. a lot from their players. I know. Right, so it's like it's kind of like the equivalent of Duke. Like, Duke expects their students, to, uh, athletes, to be just as good as students as they are as athletes. You know, like, they have a high expectation for them on and off the court or on and off the field, and... I think that's what needs to happen, you know. When we don't have Derek Rose skipping SATs, you know, because we know he's going to Memphis. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. you know, we don't need that kind of stuff. We need them to build character at a young age, because better character athletes probably turn into better character players. Yeah, and better professional players. Right, exactly. So I, I think he was spot on with his comments, for sure. Um, and that's huge. Like, coming from someone that's probably going to be top ten pick next year, Maybe, maybe maybe the top quarterback taken. Yeah, if he has a good year, he is my number one quarterback. Like he's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. That, and that's exactly what you need from your quarterback, especially at the NFL level, is someone that you know not only has football smarts but street and book smart too. Yeah. Because they need to be a student both in the classroom and off the classroom. 
Yeah, that's really hard for a quarterback to take these classes and also, like, study film and, like, learn the playbook and stuff. Like, I think just coming from him, it's it speaks a lot of truth because yeah. you know he's got a lot to do. Definitely. I think it's a good sign for, for now and for the future for him, for sure. Uh, NFL teams will definitely see that. And th- they won't read between the lines like the media does. They'll see what he might. Right. And they'll understand that, you know, he meant well by it and that he's got great intentions and that he is trying to learn as well as play football. Yeah, so... We'll get into our thinking of what the college football season is going to look like playoffs. and talk a little playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, so what do you think, if you had to pick four, just looking at the polls right now, hmm. who would you go with? That's It's so hard because I could. one of these teams is probably just not going to be good. It seems every year there's one team in the so top always four a that is just bad. Always a stinker. But I really like the top four this year. I the. Uh, What's I I can never remember the order, but it's Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. I think that might be it. I don't think that's the order. I I don't remember, but it's those four. Those are the four I like. In that yeah. order, that is the four. That's the one the way I like them. Yeah. So. so I think Ohio State wins. That's my wins point. it all. Wins it all. Yeah, I think they definitely have the both the best team that knows how to play football. Yeah. And both you know they have great lines, offensive defensive lines. They have an experienced quarterback. They're always explosive at athletic positions, whether it's running back, receiver, even the safeties and corners have been really good recently. Obviously, we saw two of the top, you know, defensive players drafted this year were Hooker. Yeah, they're loaded. I mean, they had a bunch of first-round picks last year. Yeah. So their their defensive line coach came out and was who was a former NFL defensive line Grishiano. coach. Graciano. Yes, I can remember his name. Thank you. He said that this is the best defensive line he's ever coached, including the professional ones. So that's a pretty big it's, it's sentiment, right? Yeah, there. but but uh, I believe it because they have a ridiculous amount of talent there. Yeah. They're loaded, and, and they have a lot of them. It's not like it's just one or two yeah. really good guys. It's like six. Yeah, it's so not they're like, going to rotate it in and out and be right. fresh. So it's going to be interesting. I think Frank kind of hit on the nail on the head there, where like you could easily see three Big Ten teams in that top four, with Penn State, um, whose plays really going to depend on McSorley and how he does again in the offense. But obviously they're going to be carried by Shaquan Barkley. We call, kind of all expect that. We kind of expect him to be a high pick next year. Yeah, he's, he I looks know, pretty solid. I know we're trying to all like somehow strategize to get first picks in our rookie draft next year for in the Dynasty, Dynasty League, League, just so we can get him. Cause, There's you know, a lot of good running backs that are coming out, though, this yeah. year. So, I mean, that's kind of where Penn State lies. It's going to be how those two play. They kind of carry that whole team. Um, like Penn State, Ohio State, I think that's a clear shot. You know, you can kind of lock them into the playoffs, in my opinion. They're going to be pissed that they lost to Penn State last year. Kind of cost them a lot. Kind of brought their confidence down. Um, I think Michigan's definitely a lock, in my opinion, just because of the coach. I mean, Coach, coach Harbs definitely brings them up a notch, in my opinion, and makes them a lot better. I think that's definitely a clear advantage against non-conference opponents, and then it's easily, you know, take them head-to-head against the Wisconsin and like that. I think I'm going to take Coach Harbs over their coaches any day of the week. Besides Meyer, I think he's the only one that can kind of compete with Harps on that level of namesake and just great coaching ability. I think, obviously, you go Alabama. How can you not? Yeah, I mean, that they're they're the one that I really have no issues with as a team. Like, yeah, I mean, because you always know they're going to make the playoff. Like, no one in the SEC can really challenge them, and I think that's just because over the years recently, until Coach O got there, you haven't seen really good coaches there anymore. No. And I think... You know, I don't know if they're scared because they can't compete with Saban on the recruiting ground or whatever have you. But, you know, Coach O might build that LSU program up to compete with him soon, but not right now. So they kind of have a clear runaway in the SEC. 
And then I see, I think it's the fourth spot's going to be kind of a battle between Florida State and uh, USC. Hmm, yeah. Um, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I want to say USC. USC? Yeah. Just because, I, I mean, you don't ever get that good of a quarterback talent. And I just remember watching him in that Penn State game in the Rose Bowl. I mean, was just slinging the ball. Yeah. Left and right. I, I really like him as a top quarterback, too. Yeah. So I think I think that's where I lay, USC, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, any order. The reason I would not pick USC, though, I feel like in college, if you have the the prototypical NFL passing quarterback, your team just doesn't live up to its expectations. Yeah. I think that just that's happened a lot recently. It's very true. Because you could say Watson, but he's not a proto. He's almost like the perfect college quarterback. He's a perfect hybrid quarterback, yeah. in my opinion. He's going to be good at both levels. I think he went to a But not great team. at both levels. Yeah. Houston's a good spot for him, but he couldn't play anywhere in the NFL. There's right. no way. Yeah. No, like, I think, like I said, like he, he's going to be good anywhere he goes, college or pros, but he may not ever be great at any spot, depending on what team he's around. Like, he was great at Clemson because the team he had around him, the oh, athletes yeah. he had around him. He's going to be great at the Texans because there's a lot around him. Yeah. I think it's hard to just have in college to elevate your team with your quarterback, where the quarterback can just take advantage of the players that they have in right. place. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, like, I just... That's my one reservation on USC. Is yeah. Darnold's got to be that good, and it almost seems like they're never that good to carry a team like yeah. that. I think he might be the outlier, though. I think you think? Might. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I would love to see that. I think it would be great for college football to see Definitely. quarterback actually dominate in an NFL style. And it would be good for offense. the college football to have USC back in general. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, it was good when Pete Carroll had him up there, and it was kind of like that whole idea of having those powerhouses there, the Lakers, if they're back, USC's back. You're kind of back in those early 2000s again. Yeah. It's, it's going to feel it's great. good time, yeah. Like how. So, who, uh, quick thing, going to hit you with it when you're not prepared? Heisman, go. Heisman, that's tough. I'm going to go Bo Scarborough. Okay. I'm going to say the Alabama back syndrome just wins the day. Wins the day, that's interesting. I'm surprised, yeah. And, you know, that kind of is not an easy pick, but it's kind of how it goes every other year, I feel like. Yeah. Almost every other but year. He's that, that style that when they're a sophomore, they just they're tend big. to win it. Yeah, and they just run everyone over. And he was doing it in the playoff game. He got hurt, and then yeah. Alabama was a different team after that. I'm going to say Rosen. Okay. I like that too. Yeah, I think he's going to elevate them really far. I don't think they'll beat past USC, but I think that he makes their team so much better. Um, but Heisman's so hard to predict because I would never have chose Lamar Jackson last no. year. And, and, I, I, and honestly, everyone's hating it now. It wouldn't surprise me if he won it again, though, just because I just, he was. I mean, if you watch the film, man, he is he was something else for the first like six games. Yeah, like he was the insane. first for first. Six. Well, yeah, but it was good enough. Yeah. That's how impressive his games were. So Man. if he can like stabilize that and not maybe maybe not as ridiculous, but he can do it over the whole year. Yeah, that was over something. 10, 12 games. Now, where, yeah. where does his draft stock go if he does that? Because he's one of the most interesting prospects. Because if he was a wide receiver, like if he came out as a wide receiver, he could literally be Antonio Brown. His agility is insane. Yeah, it's, it's quick. I, I mean, as a quarterback, I don't think he's going to be that good of a quarterback in the he, NFL. Apparently, it's, it's, people have said he can throw at 100 yards in the air. 100 yeah, yards. So that's, that's cool. That's Michael Vick arm strength. He just needs to stay in the pocket, though. The NFL yeah. is getting really, really far away from this running quarterback thing. That's why we're not seeing Colin or RG3 get a job. It's because we're shifting out of it again. You know, we kind of saw it kick back up randomly. Um, but I just I don't see where he could be as good as, you know, Darnold or Rosen. Oh, no. I, mean, the, I'm, I can't I'm remember thinking, the Wyoming quarterback, but like those guys are prototypical. They're going to do a cadence from under center and from the shotgun, not just one. Like They can't just do one. 
think these other college quarterbacks do. Oh, yeah. Because that hurts them a lot, you know. It took Cam a while to learn how to do under center. So, you know, you got to think of that. I just now the Heisman's a t- difficult subject for me because oh, it's yeah. definitely been all about numbers recently and not about numbers and wins. I mean, I would have chosen Watson a hundred times over oh, for, yeah. for the Heisman I mean, over Jackson. Obviously, twenty or hindsight was twenty twenty. So, well, yeah, but I mean, I, at that time then, I was just like, Jackson's great and all, but he lost big games. It was like and Russell that, Westbrook. That like, doesn't matter just, anymore. It was it was the Russell Westbrook too. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. I just don't know why it doesn't matter anymore, especially in college. They it does Winning though. should definitely mean something. You know, maybe that's probably why it shouldn't happen in December. It should happen after the playoffs, just in case, you know, one of those players is in the playoffs or in a big bowl game. Um, Stat-driven world now. Yeah, it's true. It's true, but stats and wins are a good thing. Like LeBron, every year, stats and wins. Yeah. That's how it is. He can win MVP every year. That's, that's who should win it, stats it's, and wins. It's true, yeah. LeBron would be like an 8 That's hard for me MVP. to say. It's hard for me to say, but I feel like he maybe should. Steph wins it that one year, that his ridiculous year the first time. Yeah, I think that. But in the last like ten years, I think that's the only time that we've seen yeah. a player that would have probably won it over LeBron. Or uh, you could say the same thing about Michael Jordan. He mm-hmm. should have won way more than five. Kobe should have won more. LeBron, yeah, Jordan, even Shaq probably could have won a couple more. It's true. But I mean, like the fact that we had Steve Nash steal two away from Kobe. Steve Nash. Great love Steve Nash. Oh, I love him too, but he was—he was in a system that just bumped his stats yeah. up. So yeah, so that's how it goes on that one. Now is the time for fantasy. No, the NFC North. We haven't done the. Oh wow, we usually lead off with that. Yeah, we normally lead off with the division. I thought you were just going another route. I didn't no. realize. Wow. Yeah. I totally forgot. NFC wow. North. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll just take the reins of this one then. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I think this is uh, the easiest one. Is it though? It's the easiest one to predict. Green Bay, uh, they're they're right at the top. I think they might be my number one seed in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers is just, I think he's going to be laser-focused this year. The weapons are all back. The line is my only concern on the offense. They got they lost a couple pieces, but I think that they're they're going to be plenty good enough. Uh, Detroit, I got at 9-7. and seven. I think they missed the playoffs this year. I don't think anything really changed. Like, they got a guy on the offensive line, but they lost the guy on the offensive line. So that's, like, the only thing that changed on offense. And their defense is – they got, like, really good players, but they have no depth. So I really don't like – I really don't like Detroit any more than I did last year. So I have them at 9-7. and seven. Minnesota, 8-8. Uh, eight and eight. I don't – I love their defense. I, I think they have a lot of good pieces on defense. And I like Sam Bradford progresses a little bit. And uh, I love Stephon Diggs. He's a fantasy sleeper of mine. I really like Stephon Diggs. But I don't think that they... One, I don't think that they can beat Detroit or Green Bay head-to-head. I think it's nope. going to be tough for them to win that. And I don't think their defense is going to be able to put up the touchdowns that they scored themselves th- yeah. at the same rate. So Definitely it's going to be hard for them to repeat the success they had at the beginning of last season. And I don't know. If they can run the ball well, like really well again, I would say that they could go 10-6 and six, make the playoffs, but that's a huge if. I'm not really sure that that's possible with big, them. Big jump. Yeah. And then at the basement, the the basement of the NFL, we got the Chicago Bears. It's got a new home. Yeah. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction that this is the worst offense of all time. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me at all if they went to 0-16, because their defense is pretty bad, too. And... I'm going to just crown them the new Cleveland Browns because I think Cleveland's kind of... The new new. Yeah. Cleveland's slowly getting out of it. Yeah. Slowly. They're they're on their way out. 
I, I sabermetrically, they're on their way it's up. It's almost been like it's been so long. Like they're one of our rivals, and I still want them to be good. Like, yeah, I, just, I mean, I please, don't. Cleveland, just for the city's sake. They might lose LeBron again. Yeah, they need some. Well, they got the Indians. The Indians should be good uh, for a little while. Maybe for a little bit. I don't know. If they win have. a division, a little while. Yeah, not worth this year, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the easiest pick in the entire picks for the divisions this year is definitely the Packers. I think, I mean, maybe outside the Patriots. Well, I don't know anymore. Well, Just kidding. Yes. They're definitely... Yeah. Color doesn't change it that much, folks. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's easy to choose A.A. Ron, um, head, neck, leg, whatever, above the competition. For sure, I think that's easy. Um it's just going to be fun for them to watch. He, he likes the ball out. He's a little focused now. Doesn't have a woman in his life. You know, it's true. Kind of focused a little more. Saw how that worked at the end of the year last year. I don't know. I just I think they're going to do really well. I think you're going to see another year from Ty Montgomery at the running back spot. A full training camp. Knowing he's going to be a running back. A solid number two in Jamal Williams. That's a huge plus. Jordy and Cobb are healthy. I don't even care what the defense does at that point. If those are all working together... You got something. Oh, yeah, they were so young last year. I think just through progression alone that they're going to be yeah. better. I think Detroit and Minnesota are almost neck and neck for an 8-8 eight eight season. I think you can kind of go either way. Like, either team could do a little bit better, could do a little bit worse. I yeah. think um, I think I'll say 7-9 for the Vikings just because, like Ben said, they're not going to win games against Detroit or the Packers probably. And it's simply because Bradford less than – Rodgers, Bradford, less than Stafford. Like, yeah. it's easy. That math's easy to me, in my opinion. Um, and they're going to really come down to how much can Dalvin Cook adapt to the NFL and really make a difference playmaking-wise for that offense. Because, I mean, Latavius is going to get some carries here and there, yeah, for sure. Help move the chains a little bit, you know. But it's going to come down to the explosiveness of Cook and how that explosiveness can work with Diggs in the passing game. And that could be the dynamic there. Stafford... I think they they go either eight and eight nine seven. I think kind of go either way. Yeah. I think you know one win maybe more. Um, they're just not thrilling in any spot. Not thrilling at receiver. Not thrilling at running back. Abdullah could have a huge year, but we've been saying that <laughs> for any running back that's been there since Barry. So um, yeah, they, they, I doubt it. And they're not thrilling anywhere defensively. I mean, their their line was good. I like Darius Slay and Ezekiel Hansa, but. Yeah, that's about it. They have some good top end guys, but they don't have much else. Yeah, exactly. And then, like Ben said, Bears basement. <laughs> I yeah, wanted, I don't think they win a game in this division for sure. They're always no, no, in yeah. this division. Yeah, they definitely won six in the division. I think they squeak out a one win. Yeah, I I'll, I gave them one in fifteen. I don't know if I said it. And then it's one all win. that matters is like, who's gonna have the tiebreaker between the Jets and them. I think the Jets have the worst offense in history. Really? Yeah. They put up some decent numbers last it's year, gonna surprisingly. Come, it's going to come down to how effectively McCown can get to his loving tight ends. Because he loves to throw tight ends. Like, if he can do really well with Safarian Jenkins and Leggett, we have a different story. But when they lo- lost Anunwa, it's literally down to running backs and tight ends. And Jets, I don't like that mix. The Jets have a few playmakers on defense. Like Their defense isn't like an all-time worst. Where Chicago, I don't know if I can name one. Pernell McPhee, maybe. He's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. So that's because he was a Raven. Yeah, it's not even because he's that good. I mean, he's good, but he's only because he came from Baltimore. So it's the only reason I know his name. I think that's very fair. I think like, it's it's gonna be interesting. All that that should almost be a story to watch at this point. It's yeah. just like who's gonna be worse offensively? Who's yeah? Because they're they're both gonna probably go after. Well, I mean, the Browns should. I mean, not the Browns. See, I'm already doing it. The Bears, like 
they've already screwed themselves because it's such a quarterback, such a great quarterback draft next year, and they already just overdrafted one. So yeah, like, you, you can't do two in a row. It's just a waste of. You cash can, base. but it would, be, it would be fun to watch for everybody it's else. So embarrassing, man. Yeah, don't do that. It's a fun suggestion, but just don't do it. Yeah. For your own sake. Yeah, please don't. For our sake, do it, but for your own sake, don't. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a great topic for us to talk. Yeah. It's confusing. It's confusing for everybody, but yeah, that's going to be fun. It's always fun. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty straightforward division, though. Last segment? Yeah. It's uh, time for our visit to the Fantasy Corner. As fantasy Land. Go. Fantasy Land. Excuse the Excuse fantasy. the language. Oh, fantasy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can so, excuse a lot of things. We're going to we're gonna play a little buy or sell. I got some guys in the draft positions. I'm going to have Dave buy or sell them, and I'm going to comment on his comments. Commenting on comments. Yeah. Hmm. It's like it's what Facebook yes. does now. Like a sub-tweet. Do it. Yeah. Tweet it's to weird. tweet. I don't like it, but it happens. Yeah, I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Okay, so the first guy, um, Dave just traded for him in our Dynasty League last night. Did I, though? You did. I did. You did trade for him. His, his name I is Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Do you buy or sell him being drafted middle of the third round at the sixth pick? Oh, yeah. Third round. You like that? Yeah, I like that. You buy that? I think that's a solid. I already knew your answer because you just yeah. traded for him. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I might be a little high on him at this point in, in life. Um, that's just because, like, I, the more I thought about it, the more I like the fact that, you know, Cousins lost everything he could throw to except for Jordan Reed, and Jordan Reed's always hurt. Um, I don't know if he ever had Jordan Reed, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yes, yeah, like... He's got to throw the ball somewhere. Pryor is obviously option A and B. Uh, I just – looking at the numbers and how he balled out in Cleveland last year, there's only so much promise that he's going to do that and more in Washington. So I yeah. think that's why I buy. I mean, I, I buy it too. I don't think I – don't, I don't think I love him as much as you. I think it, it really depends on Jordan Reed's availability. If Jordan Reed pl- somehow – miraculously plays most of the season. I don't think Terrell Pryor puts the touchdowns up needed to, to have this spot. But I don't believe Jordan Reed's going to play that many games. So I buy it just, just because of Jordan Reed. Okay, the next two guys are being drafted in the exact, like oh, average-wise, the exact same spot at the eighth pick of the third round, and they are Ty Montgomery and Christian McCaffrey. Let's do Montgomery first. Do you buy Montgomery that early? That's really early. He's really flying up the draft boards. Yeah, I think he has the right to fly up the draft boards. I mean, I think that's the the, the max I take him. Really? In a standard league. These are standard Yeah, leagues. I think that's the max I take him. Just because, I mean, he's going to, as of right now, he's going to get the most carries. I mean, I know they had, I think it was a report out that Jamal was going the first game. They were splitting them, yeah. I just, I think it's going to come down to the fact that Ty's going to have for at least the first half of the year. If they don't do well the first half of the year, you might see Jamal Williams take over. But I just, I think, you know, like I said, second year, as a running back, first full training camp, knowing you're the running back, I think that helps your confidence a lot. I think it's the only room for him to grow. It should be interesting. I wish we kind of did this after the first preseason game. Yeah, just then we to could see tell how more, Williams is That's why we can do more games and activities after. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do a few more by ourselves games. before the regular season starts. Yeah, plenty of drafting to be done between now and week one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sell him. I don't like Montgomery this high. I think he is one fumble away from losing his starting job right now. So I just I just don't want to invest a, a draft pick that high in him just because he might not have his job two weeks into the season. So what about uh, the, the rookie, Christian McCaffrey, getting drafted in the same spot in a standard league? Do you think that's you buying or selling that? 
I'm not I'm not buying that. I'm selling that one for sure. I just until we know for sure Stewart's not getting the bulk of the carries, uh, I think you just can't take that gamble. I mean, we know he's going to be an offensive weapon, but just to what extent? And I think you can do a lot better in that third round than going there. Yeah, I'm I'm selling him drafting him too. I really like him this year, even in standard leagues. But I feel like he's definitely a player you can buy low on at some point in the season with a right. trade. So I'm definitely not drafting him. Even at the end of the third round, that's way too high. I think he's like a six-round value right now. Because mm-hmm. you really, if Jonathan Stewart somehow stays healthy all year, he's almost worthless in standard leagues. In PPR leagues, I would take him this high. But not standard. Yeah. Even that's questionable, but yeah. I, I like him that much that I would take him in a PPR this early. Yeah, I just, like I said, I really just, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, we know he's going to be a weapon, but like to what extent? Yeah. And that's what's that's, scary. Like, like, scary. Like Ben said, like, it's easier to, like, if week four he hasn't had much action – then try to trade for him, because then you might be able to get him really low. Yeah. And then, like, he might do well at the end of the year, especially because like, there is usually, like, a little buffer for rookies right away. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could draft him that high. Uh, what about Tyree Kill at pick for the fourth round and pick number six, so halfway through the fourth? See, I'm selling that just because, like, I'm not – I don't trust his quarterback enough. I don't trust Alex Smith in throwing an actual receiver. That's my biggest thing. It's like he's not – the best that never has really been the best at spreading the ball to receivers. Just like you're pretty much banking on Hill to be that crazy athlete guy that he was last year. I just don't know if I can do that at the fourth round. Yeah, I, I don't like him either. I'm selling it. I just think that Macklin couldn't produce last season at all, even though he was injured. And I think Tyree Kill is not better than Jeremy Macklin yet. I think he's got maybe a higher ceiling. Definitely higher but ceiling. It's it's Alex Smith. It's, if you told me Mahomes would come in and be good, I would take Tyreek Hill earlier than this. But I don't. Yeah. With Alex Smith there, I don't like him. He's um, the approachable game manager. Yeah, you just don't spread the ball around the receivers enough when you're a game manager. Yeah, he can't throw the ball down the field as well as you'd like with Tyreek Hill's speed. Dynasty leagues, I love him because I yeah. think Mahomes and him are a great combo. So I'd buy him in dynasty leagues, sell him in these, even a PPR league. I don't really like him. What about AP in the fourth round, the last pick of the fourth round? I want to say bye, but I don't really like believe it enough to yeah, say bye. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I could, I could see the pain. Like that's a spot where you kind of have to see where your roster's at. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't gone running back, you. I oh, if, if this is your first running back and you're just stuck anyway, and you have to take him, but yeah. Even then, like it's just like it's it's so scary, just because like it's the same situation with. Um, McCaffrey, like you just don't know how much he's really going to carry the ball. They've been known to split carries amongst three backs. They've done it for the last few years anyway. Just kind of scares me of them. Yeah, I'm I'm going to sell it. I want to buy it, but I'm going to yeah. sell it just because I like Ingram better than Peterson right now. And Ingram's going in like the eighth round. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, the sixth round. He has been flying up. It was the eighth round like three weeks ago. Now it's he's he's going up the boards for the same reason. I like the Saints running game and as a whole. So I think Adrian Peterson will have very startable weeks. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to draft him this early for a guy that probably doesn't consistently score that much. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, well, this guy's got a new quarterback. What about Jarvis Landry in the middle of the fifth round? Yeah, I think I can definitely buy that. I mean, I think you can buy it with Tannehill. You can definitely buy it with Cutler. Um, I think Jarvis' Jarvis's ceiling just went way up with Cutler. Definitely. I think, um, to Ben's point earlier, if Cutler can make Eddie Royal a speedy guy with, like, no hands, 
a good receiver, then he can make Jarvis a speed guy with good hands. Who's a probably receiver. a top 20 receiver skill-wise. I think, yeah, so I mean, I think he can definitely perform, outperform that draft spot for sure. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had a trade-off for that. I'm debating on maybe upping it so it's not rape, but yeah. It's definitely someone you should definitely look into if you can. Yeah, I like Jarvis Landry that late. Okay, we just talked about him. Mark Ingram, top, the first pick of the sixth round. Yeah, that's better value there than AP in the fourth. Just because, yeah. I mean, if you're going to get someone that's going to be most likely splitting carries, uh, even if he's the first option, because he's definitely the first option. For some reason, Peyton's never loved Ingram, but he always stays option one. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd, I'd rather take the option one at the sixth round than option two in the fourth round. Yeah. Makes I, more sense. Like, option two has much more ceiling. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I'd, he's probably at least, at, at best, he's a running back two at this point, so I'm definitely buying that. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I, I feel like Sean Payton just has something personal against him because he is a good, he's a decent running back in that system. So I don't know why he just seems like he hates him, but he always performs pretty well. So I, I really like him there. What about Andrew Luck, the first pick of the seventh round? You buy or sell that? Sell it. I love Andrew Luck too. It's the hardest thing for me to do. I, you just don't know what you're going to get this year. Like there's talk that he might sit out the entire year just because he can, like, and just save him for the future. Like there's no need to play him here if you're not going to, like, when it's Super Bowl. I see that point. I will buy this, though. I will buy it right away. I really like Andrew Luck this late. He is going well past some pretty average quarterbacks. And honestly, I just don't see... He might miss a couple of games to start the season, but I don't see them putting him putting them on the PP. Because just in business sense, like they're going to lose money if they don't put him on the field. Yeah. So I think that they will do everything they can to get him on the field, and I doubt he avoids, or he goes on the PUP. So I will buy him, like, right away if I'm picking in the seventh round and Andrew Luck's still there. Yeah, I just, I don't know, it scares me too much. You just don't know what his shoulder's up to right now. He's barely even getting on the practice field. He's not even on the practice field. Like, they want him at practice just to be there. Yeah. It's like a morale booster, essentially. It's like, that's just, I don't know, I, I love the guy, too, and it's so hard for me. But not yet. Not until I know more. That's fair. I, I will, I understand that completely. Okay, last one. I got... Fat Rob, Rob Kelly, the fourth pick of the eighth round. You buy or sell that one? Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever circled Rob on my own chart, so I have to say sell from that standpoint. Like, I don't know if I would ever draft him just because I he don't is, think... He has been named the starting running back of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, but that's starting right now. Like, Perrin could come in mid, mid-year. Thompson could still, still do some damage. Like, they just... He is by don't far know. the latest, like, top of the depth chart running back. Mark Ingram is the second, and he's the top of the sixth. Yeah, like, I, right just, now. I just don't know. Like, I, yeah, I get that you're getting a starting running back, especially for, if it's, even if it's just the first few weeks you're getting a starting running back. I just, I'm not ready to take him because I don't know his staying power. I'd rather take Perrine, like, late rounds. Have some Perrine's money. going before Rob Kelly right now. Really? I don't have that number. Wow. But he is going before him, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Wow. Okay, well, in that case, if if you can get him beforehand, then yeah, if he's going to start. But I I just, like I said, he's never been on my draft board. That's someone I would take just because I don't trust him. Um, I mean, Matt Jones, as far as the better running back, he just can't hold the ball. So, I mean, when he's already not the best running back on the depth chart, he could be surpassed pretty easily. That's fair. I'll just, I'll buy it just on value alone. Because he's not moving, even though they named him the starting running back. Everyone's got that same opinion. And he was a very startable guy in standard leagues last season, down the stretch. And he was pretty consistent, too. So I think 
It, it, but I don't know if they keep the same system in place without Sean McVay there. That's my one concern is that they're not going to run the ball as much with all these new new weapons that they've integrated in the offense. Yeah, that so guy. I don't like Rob Kelly. I'm not going to say go ahead and overdraft Rob Kelly. But if he if you're picking at the, in the fourth pick or at the fourth pick in the eighth round and Rob Kelly's sitting there, I am perfectly okay with you taking him there. Yeah. So that would that would Makes be sense. my take on that. But um, that's all I got. That's the, the last guy. Okay. Yeah, I see. Now, I like when we do these games. Like I said it before when we did another game. I just think they're fun. Yeah. And they keep us into it. And, like, a lot of the time, I'm not really prepared. That's Ment- Especially mentally. I like it off the top. Off the top of my head, I feel like I think better anyway. So. Like, you think we rehearsed a lot of this, but we don't. No. This, that was all on the fly. I literally grabbed names off the fantasy football calculator almost at random. Yeah. Not really, but still. Mostly at random. Guys that caught my eye. So caught your eye like what? Like on the fantasy corner? Yeah, they were chilling on the fantasy corner. They caught my eye. Caught your eye, and then you can now excuse the fantasy that you had about them on the corner. Is that how this that works? Was, that was a clever one, Dave. Good Is one. that how that works? I guess that's how it works. That's how all right. Works, well, that's yeah. all we have for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We will gear up for our three week, three episode a week, three episode a week, week. So just yeah. just one time, but it's a three episode. One time for right now. We're gonna yeah, see we're gonna see how it goes. We're going to see if we actually can meet three times a week. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'm down for Hopeful. Whatever. I have yeah. my, high, my high hopes. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to do three different fantasy shows because, like we said, we are preparing for three drafts as it is. Yeah. So we all know that the listeners are also preparing for drafts. Yeah. So That's our idea here. was to kind of help people out, get ready for their drafts, give them some last-minute pointers if they need any. Uh, so if you want to hit us up on what do we have, Ben? We have a Twitter and Instagram, both at Excuse the Fandom, and then we have a Facebook page too. So go ahead and yeah. like that up. Do all those things. Tell your friends that we have all those things. Like it, talk, that yeah. kind of stuff. Spread the word. Yeah, give us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Comment on our posts. Five star. Yeah. Four star. Whatever you whatever you think we deserve. Critique us. Yeah, definitely. If you give if you us feedback, if there's something that you don't like that we do, definitely tell us. We want that. Oh, yeah, I think the biggest comment we sound the same. So I think yeah, that's the biggest. It's hard to. Bugaboo. Distinct who's actually and talking sometimes. And we say for sure a lot. For sure. So. Yeah, we for sure say for sure. Yeah, it's a fun thing to say. For sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because we are sure. So I'm, I'm, be yeah, I'm sure. very confident, so it just comes and off. If I was going to be president right now, I would go for sure. Good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I like that. So, yeah, so do all those things. We'll be back three episodes next week. Peace!